Hello and welcome to the New to Canada podcast, the show that shares honest, real-life stories and insider info from internationals living in Canada. I am your host, Kate Johnson, and I made the big move from England to Canada in 2017 after falling in love with a Canadian. Join me as I chat with fellow newcomers and learn all about where they are from in the world, why they chose Canada as their new home, and the lessons they've learnt along the way. It's great to have you. When looking into which Canadian province to move to, it can be easy to focus on the popular ones, either British Columbia or Ontario. Instead, I bring you this episode's wonderful guest, Diane Bergman, who was born and raised in Winnipeg and is here to tell us all about life in Manitoba. So we mentioned the cold winters, so we do have cold winters, and because it's cold for safety and driving, we have to throw some salt and sand on the roads, and that gets messy. But if you choose to live here, and you embrace it, and you get yourself some warm clothes, and decide that you're going to like a couple winter sports, it's pretty good. So it's a con, but it's not really so bad. We also have in the winter, the river freezes, and we have another claim to fame. So we have the Guinness record for the longest naturally frozen skating trail, so along the river, you can um, lace up your skates and they have up to 10 kilometers some year of a river trail. And then architects build little warming huts that they place along the trail to either like play on. So or, cool. I know. So Canadian. It wow. is. <laughs> Diane is also the founder of Prairie Relocation, a concierge style relocation company that welcomes and helps set up newcomers in Manitoba. In this episode, she breaks down everything you need to check off the list before and immediately after you arrive in Canada so that you can get everything done and start enjoying your adventure that much sooner. Let's start the show. Hello, Diane. How are you? I'm well. How are you doing, Kate? I'm good. Happy Friday. I know. It's here again. <laughs> it goes so fast. <laughs> yeah, it definitely does. So you are talking to us from Winnipeg, Manitoba. Are you actually in Winnipeg? I forgot to, to double check that with you, but you're in the city. Yes, I'm in Winnipeg. Yes. Amazing. When does spring usually start there then? It's different every year. Last year at the end of March, we were riding bikes and this year it will probably take a good chunk of April probably to get rid of all this snow. So um, April showers and April's flowers is generally Winnipeg weather. Yeah, I always I always hear that same saying from Canadians. It's like, well, you got to get that last April snowstorm out the way. I don't know if that's an Ontario thing, but it's like, just prepare for that one last snowstorm randomly that you're going to get in April. And then it's like, okay, now you're safe. <laughs> exactly. And summer is amazing here. So all of a sudden, once it comes, we kind of forget we had a long winter. Yeah. Oh, 100%. It sounds really cheesy, but it's true. Like it is worth it because it makes you appreciate the summer so much more. Yeah. And the summers in Canada are so glorious. Like I didn't expect them to be so hot and so beautiful and so fun and the lakes and the nature and everything is was such a nice surprise for me. So yeah, looking forward to it. The weather where you were from is not hot summers? Not really. In England, you're looking at, you know, a handful of days where it could be like 25 plus and then you're like yes and you just strip off all your layers and it's like you're on vacation but then yeah most of the time it's kind of a you know cardigan weather or you could get some rain showers so you just get quite gray skies it's quite heavy skies so okay yeah, I'm enjoying the blue skies of Canada <laughs> for sure 
Well, one more plug for Winnipeg. We actually have the sunniest province in the country. We have the most days of sun, which is actually lovely. So when it's freezing outside, it'll be bright and blue and sunny. Wow, that is good to know. Yeah, because that's one of my favorite things about Canada that, yeah, there is the winter blues. It is a thing. But then at the same time, yeah, you're so right. Like you look out the window and it's actually really, really sunny and you can go for walks. You just have to, you know, dress for it. And um, yeah, so this episode is a little different. As you know, if you are a regular listener, I sometimes replace my fellow newcomer guests with wonderful experts on various topics so that you can get access to knowledge and resources to make your new life in Canada go as smoothly and stress-free as possible because you know we all want that. So <laughs> this week I am so excited to be here with Diane Bergman from Prairie Relocation, which is a concierge-style relocation service services company that helps you with your relocation to Manitoba. So from pre-arrival help to meeting you at the airport to helping you with your documents to hosting barbecues and facilitating connections once you're here. So yeah, I absolutely love the work that you do for for such a huge life transition that can feel pretty overwhelming to to be offering services like this is is such great work. So thank you so much for your time today. I'm happy to be here. It has been such a joy. I've been doing it for about a year and a half now. And so glad I started this company. It's It's been very fulfilling and met a lot of amazing people. Yeah, I was going to say that's probably the best part about it. You get to meet so many people from so many different countries and make such an impact on their lives. That's, that's yeah, fulfilling is, is definitely the word. Especially during COVID when we couldn't travel. It was kind of fun to hear about other countries and have people still coming in. So that was good. Yeah. Perfect. So yeah, I'm really interested in picking your brains in two main areas. Are you ready? I am. <laughs> the first is the pre-arrival checklist. You know, what do we need to be doing before we get on that plane and land in Canada as a newcomer? What can we be checking off that list in advance to, to make the whole process easier in the long run? Um, and then we'll quickly follow that with what are the most important, most urgent to-dos once you actually land here as well? And then the second area is everything Manitoba. I'm always trying to put out more information and provinces um, other than Ontario and BC. Those are always the two that, that seem to be for some reason where most of my guests are living. So yeah, I'm looking forward to, to hearing about what day-to-day -day life is like in Winnipeg and Manitoba and the pros and cons of, of basically choosing Manitoba as your, your province of residence. So yeah, that sounds like a lot, but <laughs> I'm excited. We'll be getting some real nuggets of golden advice from you, I'm sure. So yeah, let's let's get stuck in. Perfect. Well, I love even just hearing that you want to plan before you come. So people who plan ahead are definitely a huge step ahead. So if you do nothing else before you come, the most important thing would be to collect the right documents. Um, when you first arrive in Canada, so in Manitoba, there is so many things you have to do that first month. And if you have um, a little file folder with the right documents, it just makes it so fast and efficient. So I'm going to run through kind of the key ones. Um, of course, everyone is going to travel with passports, immigration documents, birth certificates, vaccination is important now, um, and your acceptance letter to either university or your letter of employment. So those are obviously critical and you're not going to forget those. But Above those, um, if you want to rent a home in your new city, um, you're going to have to bring some things because you don't have any history in Canada. And that's what they, the rental property managers, they want to see. So 
you're going to bring things like your proof of funds. So if you're coming without a job, you have to prove that you're going to be a good renter and you can afford the housing. So that could be um, three months of bank statements or record of your savings. If you've sold a home or a business, you could bring just a record and a kind of a track record of where those funds are and that you could, would have access to them. Um, especially when it comes to your renting and there's maybe six applications on that home. They want to choose the person that they know is ready to, and can afford it. So you just need to prove that you're that great renter. So if you're renting at home in your country, bring a reference letter. That would also be great. Um, so after rental paperwork, if you have kids, um, you're going to want to get them in school fast. So bring their vaccination records, their report cards, um, especially if you have kids that have any kind of special needs or a diagnosis documentation, make sure you have that. And if it could already be translated into English, it'd be most helpful um, and notarized so that um, it's just, especially if you're traveling during the school year, it's so important for your kids to get in, in quickly into school. So have all of those things for them. Um, medical paperwork is going to be important too. So if you have prescriptions of medications that you take all the time, um, make sure you have that with you and translated. And it can take a bit of time to get into with doctors and get it all into our system here. So make sure you also travel with about six months or so of your prescription with you. Mm -hmm. For driving here, um, it'll be good for you to obviously bring your license from your country if you have a driving abstract or any record that you're a, um, an excellent driver, that can save you money here in the long run as well. So bring that with you. Um, have anything, uh, pet documents with you so that your pets are your vaccination records and that you have the documentation to prove it so that you can actually get them into the country. Um, and if you have, my favorite is when um, I'm ready to spend a day with clients and they come out to the car with that little file folder and all those documents are in there, um, I know we'll be successful. When that doesn't happen on the flip side, then um, they're, you know, it's the wrong time of day to, to speak to people in their country and they're trying to get people to send them things and it just gets a little messy and confusing. So document collection is number one. Absolutely. Especially because before you leave, you're kind of in limbo anyway. So what better time to start collecting all of that stuff? Because then when you're in Canada, you're so much busier and so much is going on. So yeah, to have that file folder, it's already ready. If someone asks you for something, you can just, you know, pull it out and it's there and it's easy to access. There's not going to be ever too much documentation you know yeah. you just gotta just have everything even if you think you know something small might come up and you probably won't need it or just just throw it in there and, and have it labeled or whatever and yeah 100 percent for sure so next if you have time and some people know they're moving in advance uh you can start to network already when you're in your country so if you're going to be looking for work in canada you know jump on linkedin start um corresponding with people in your industry and understanding like what you'll need if your job is regulated or you need some more education, um, just to have an idea of some of those things before you come. A lot of my clients are on um, Facebook groups. And I mean, there's Facebook, you know, Mexicans in Winnipeg, Latinos in Winnipeg, there's a group for everybody. And just to also the people who've already traveled and are here are going to post their feedback. And so you can get mm -hmm. so much knowledge from them. Oh, I lived on Brits in Toronto. That was my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> Brits exactly. in Toronto is thousands and thousands of people. Yeah, there's there's really just groups for everyone, like you said. And that is just key. If you need advice, you can post a question. Or to save time, I found there's always a search function in, in Facebook groups. And you can just, if you have a question, maybe permanent residency, you know, land 
border crossing or something, you can actually search in the group. And it's probably been asked before because there's thousands of questions that have already been asked. So you can just get your answer super quick. So quick tip for that. (laughs) Totally. Exactly. So beyond documents and networking, um, kind of two other things I would suggest if you have time. And again, not all families do, but if you have time, any kind of language training you can, you can do, whether it's an app or get your kids playing games that teach them some English words. If you're a little bit more advanced in your English, I know Kate, you'd host a monthly um, get together with newcomers, like just to practice speaking. Yes. Um, is so helpful. Yeah, we always get a couple of people that that they they say, oh, I don't really want to speak. I'm just listening. I don't have good English. And I'm like, your English is amazing. I can understand you. Like, you you think it's the accent is the bad thing, but you're speaking English and it's great. Like, you just practice with us. I love, love, love the the virtual socials. That's the last Monday of every month. Uh, Thank you for that little shout out. I love that. Um, Yeah, so please do sign up because we have so much fun. And we're all just internationals that have chosen Canada as our home. And we chat about all and everything to do with that. So... Yeah, please do. I think that's (laughs) awesome for sure to just get practice. Cause what I see when, when people come is they are, they look like they're straining, but what they're doing is they're thinking in their language and then they're trying to spit it out in English. And by the end of the day of eight hours of being together, they are just exhausted because that is so tiring. But then they tell me after they've been here for a few months, they're like, I'm starting to think in English. <laughs> Yay! Or dream in English. That's always yeah. a really good thing too. You're like, I had a dream in English. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And then little things, if you have, especially if you have kids, if you can prepare them culturally for where they're going, I just think emotionally, mm-hmm. it'll be so much better when you get there. When we moved, our family did two years in United States. We moved to Memphis, Tennessee. And I still remember, and my kids remember, they were elementary school, and they spent a day with doing cultural training with a counselor who, um, in the morning, they like Googled about the city they'd live in and uh, about the, the state, and then they made a, a typical Southern meal for lunch together. Oh my gosh, so fun. Totally. In the afternoon, they did a craft project that just talked about the emotions they were going to go through, and wow. it was very helpful. So yeah, if you can the cultural just culturally just... Um, get your expectations ready, then it won't be yes. such a shock when you get here. And that's for adults too, I feel like. I feel like I'd be jealous of my kids if they had that whole session. <laughs> I'm like, can I cook a meal from Tennessee? Like, That sounds so fun. Yeah. I, and adults do go through a lot as well. And I think we think the kids are going to have a tough time. Like we spoke about this in a recent episode, but the uh, honestly, they, they sometimes adjust a lot quicker than us. And we're the ones that need a bit more of um, yeah that expectation management that you said and to prepare culturally for that shock. So... Yeah, actually, my husband and I were invited to do the same thing, um, do our own version of that cultural training, but we were a little too stubborn. And we're like, Oh, no, we don't we need this. that. We'll be fine. <laughs> but it probably would have been good. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So do you have any tips for Canada specifically, like any cultural things that they should be aware of or what they could do pre arrival? Well, obviously, our weather is different from a lot of people, the countries they're coming from. So um, I try to just also, you know, prepare them for that. So they come with um, you know, the clothing that they'll need and just the, yes. you know, the warm clothing, clothing and the layers. And then other than that, you know, Canada is very accepting of cultures. So I mm-hmm. think actually of countries, it's probably going to be one of your easier picks to get settled in. I think. Absolutely. And then I guess maybe looking up your local hockey team and getting on board with <laughs> what's going on there. Cause that's good small talk, right? If you know that the local team, then uh, that's a good, good tip as well. Yeah, exactly. Canadians love their hockey. <laughs> 
interrupting this episode really quickly just to remind you to grab my free download. I have 50 tips for you from newcomers to Canada. I had so much fun asking hundreds of newcomers what they wish they knew before they moved to Canada and the resulting guide is packed with valuable tips, fun facts, lessons, all so that you can hit the ground running and not make the same mistakes as us. So head to bit dot lee forward slash free tips canada to download it free today that is bit dot ly forward slash free tips canada now back to the show now what about medical insurance real quick because i i did some i did look up a couple of pre-arrival things so just to make sure Mm -hmm. that we're covering all bases and um yeah i saw that i i wasn't even aware of this because as you as you know i had my hands held a lot at the beginning. I didn't need as much support because I came with a Canadian. So he was the one that was kind of showing me which banks to go to and all of that good stuff. But um, yeah, with medical insurance, depending on the province, you might not actually be covered for the, that first period of landing in Canada. So it's, it's often, you know, advised to purchase private medical insurance just for that initial time that you're going to be in Canada to, to tide you over before that insurance kicks in. So that was a really good tip. It is a good tip. And I should have made my list and it is on my other checklist. But Mm -hmm. so yeah, you need insurance for travel and for your first three months. Mm -hmm. So if you arrive in Canada in January, you have a three month waiting period. So it would be January, February, March. And then you would apply for Manitoba Health, which is our provincial health care. And that would then start that next month. Mm -hmm. So yes, definitely come with travel health insurance for that first three months. Great. I don't think I did that. So that's terrifying. So yeah, don't be me and do that. That's really important. (laughs) Okay. So now that you've done all of that pre-arrival preparation and you've packed up and you've boarded the flight and you've landed in Canada, it's happened. You're here. It can feel like such a blur when you first get here, right? It's all you know, this adrenaline fueled adventure. And yeah, as I mentioned, I was fortunate I came with Isaac. So he was able to guide me to to all the things that I needed to do, you know, that life admin stuff when you first get Mm -hmm. here. Um, But yeah, if you don't have that guidance, what are some of the most important to do's uh, for as soon as you land in Canada? So yes, first thing is temporary accommodation, you're going to need a place right off the hop to kind of just hang your hat and be so furnished, um, so that you can cook in, Usually 30 days is a good start. Uh, in 30 days, very typically, you can be ready to move into a rental and um, and kind of leave that. Temporary accommodation is a little bit more expensive. So it's something you don't want to stay in for too long. So would that be the, the Airbnbs and things like that? Airbnb. There's a lot of also corporate, um, corporate stays, places that... Um, are great. They're off meant for people on business trips, but they're, they're really comfortable apartments also for people just landing. Mm -hmm. Um, so there's, there's a range, you know, there's, um, different kind of price points depending on if you want a home or an apartment or if you have a pet with you. So all of those things kind of add into it. Awesome. Yeah. But definitely better than staying in a hotel. (laughs) Yes. Definitely cheaper than that. I can imagine. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, the next thing after that is Canadian banking because you need that for your rental and for um, getting settled here. So to go to open a bank account in Canada, basically all you need is a phone number and an address and that can be temporary. So along with, of course, your passport and your immigration paperwork, mm-hmm. um, opening a bank account is important so you can start to bring your funds to the country um, that you'll need for living and for your rental deposits and all that. 
start building that credit score and or you know having that record in Canada for so many other things going forward so yeah really important exactly there are so many good deals for newcomers too if you just google it newcomer banks or newcomer bank accounts there's so many different deals that come up so i definitely recommend doing that there's some banks that offer you know the first year free of fees but that in itself was a shock for me if there's any british people listening you actually have to pay a monthly fee in Canada for them to look after your money and make money off your money. It just blows my mind still to this day. But yeah, there may be, you know, in your country, it's free. But yeah, here there is a, a monthly fee. So you can negotiate as a, as a potential new customer and try and find the best deal, um, compare the banks. And yeah, it's a bit of a different experience. So <laughs> yeah, lots of good newcomer programs, even if you're hoping to purchase a home right off the hop. Um, you actually can. There are newcomer mortgages even. They just, mm. they really try to make it welcoming and um, a lot of good programs to have. Yeah. I mean, there's just so many newcomers. It would be silly for for these big institutions to not recognize the the, the group and to, to try and entice them. So yeah, make the most of that. Exactly. And next on everyone's mind is always their house. Where will they live? Um, and that's important. They want to be in a safe area and you want to be a place you can afford and that you love. So we looking for a home is always really special thing to be part of with families because it's, it's kind of an intimate thing for them. So just to renting is a great way to start just because you can learn about the city and make sure Mm -hmm. you land where you want to be more permanently. So yeah, that's usually the next step. And in Winnipeg, um, your school is dictated by your home address. So if you choose our free public education, which is great. um, Of course, we have private and faith based schools as well but then your house address will choose the school. So that's always kind of a joint process when you're working with families because um, you want to check out the school as well as the house before they even yes. look at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's 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 a lot of pressure really for sure because yeah, you don't want to keep shipping your child to different schools if it doesn't work out and then you have to move and yeah, that's that's a lot to figure out. So yeah. Yeah. I found that the the local real estate board websites are always really good for for pricing anyway, if you're looking to purchase, because they have all of the data from the housing market and what your average price looks like. And they also often have blogs and different things about the areas and stuff for, for the difference. There's like the Durham region for Ontario and the Toronto real estate board. So those are always pretty good resources. But Definitely. Other than, yeah, I like the renting technique because then you can just experience it in person and <laughs> make a decision. Yeah. Well, and if you're going to purchase a house right away, um, you do have to have a pretty large deposit down just mm. because you have no Canadian credit. So um, it's a little bit more expensive to do it right in the beginning, but definitely an option if that's what people want. So after school typically is daycare and daycare is tricky in, in Winnipeg. I don't know what it's like in Toronto, but there seems to be way more children than there are spaces at the moment. So there's a same thing. There's a lot of, there's online, we have provincial websites, which are supposed to be helpful and they are to a point, but, um, a lot of it's networking going back on, you know, there's Facebook groups and social network groups, um, that almost is usually a better place to look for open spots. So yeah, for families, that's so important, right? School and daycare. Once your kids are safe, then you're happy. Yes, definitely. (laughs) So yeah. And then after all of those necessities are done, local registration. So of course, you'll need a social insurance number, which will be um, your tax ID number and just what you'll need for work in Canada. You'll want to start to get your license process ready. Um, For some countries, it's a simple swap. And if not, then you'll need to take the knowledge test and the driver's test. Um, to get your driver's license. And then like we talked about before, um, Manitoba Health 
is available also once you're um, living here and have a permanent home. So you just need some of those documents to apply for it so that they know that you're permanently here. Mm-hmm. And you don't usually need an appointment or do you? I'm not sure. But what's the? We should probably touch on the difference between the different services because I was confused. I used to go into like Service Canada about my driving and then like Service Ontario for my SIN number and it was just the wrong place. And they're like, no, you need Service Ontario and then no one needs Service Canada because it's federal and provincial things yes. and you have to kind of get your head around that if, yes. especially if you're from a small country where we don't have different provinces that have different rules and things so totally yes so so and things are different now still because of covid so social insurance number is a service canada thing um, but you mm-hmm. can't just show up you need an appointment so you go on the website register in two days they call you back you book the appointment and then you can go in uh, licenses is through manitoba public insurance Um, So that's where you would go for that. And then because of COVID, Manitoba health offices aren't open at the moment. So that has to all be done by mail or online. It's a good Google situation, try and figure out where to go for which which things really. (laughs) Exactly. I know. And that part's confusing when you're in a new place, but um, you just have to ask questions or Google, right? Yeah. And I think the very basics is federal, which is the Canada wide is your SIN number, your social insurance number. That's what you mentioned. Obviously, you need for your paychecks and to get paid in Canada and to pay taxes. Um, and then things like driving licenses and your medical insurance. That's your provincial office. Um, so that's kind of the distinction there. But there's obviously other things that you need and um, depending on that Google search, really. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. Awesome. So I know that an important focus for Prairie Relocations when you're helping newcomers is connections that you, you know, you wholeheartedly believe that this is one of the most important pieces to, to being truly happy in, in the new place or, or the new city that, that we're in. So yeah, tell us, tell us more about that and why, why connections are so important. Perfect. So. I do believe that all those things that we just talked about are necessities and they're very important. They have to get done. But um, when our family moved, it was in the same thing. We, we moved to Memphis, Tennessee. We did all the necessary things. And then all of a sudden you, you sit back and you're like, now what? Yeah. You know, my, cal- my calendar is open. No one is calling me. No one's ringing my doorbell. I have no friends. <laughs> what am I doing here? Yeah, nothing else to do because <laughs> I've done it all. So yeah. <laughs> exactly. So I think the part connections are really important to make it feel like home. Obviously, most people have left their friends and family behind and that's really hard. So what we started was something called Prairie Connect. And it's just a way that we keep in touch with the clients and the families that we've um, served. Just give them um, helpful tips about what's going on in the city. Just some, you know, important things for them to know as they're getting settled. Different, you know, if there's concerts or um, leisure guide activities for their kids or however they can get connected. But then more than that, we realized that they just wanted to meet each other. So we had a barbecue last September um, as kind of our launch, our first official event. So all the families that we had served in the, the previous eight months came and they loved it. They were so thrilled to just be together. They were sharing stories. They understood each other because they had all had ups and downs in their arrival process. So, and it was lovely. Many of them um, spoke different languages. So there was lots of languages being spoken in the backyard <laughs> and it was just really beautiful to see them connecting. They were sharing contact information. Um, probably my favorite parts of that barbecue was um, there was two sets of two families who then told me later that they spent Christmas together. And I thought, how great. Wow. Their first Canadian Christmas, they're not alone, right? Oh, that just, yeah, that just warms your heart. And to know that you kind of facilitated that connection, it's 
That's amazing. It was beautiful. I love that. What a great barbecue too. Did you have like different people bring different food from their countries? I can imagine it was just like such an explosion of cultures and tastes. And, <laughs> oh, I want to be there. That's so fun. I know. <laughs> I know. Well, it was kind of, kind of through COVID, right? So right. we had to make sure the restrictions allowed for it. And just to be on the safe side, we just did a barbecue and, and just took care of the food. But I'm planning uh, for April, we want to do like a cultural potluck. So it's in the works. So cool. And I think it'll be fun because everyone wanted to bring something. I think when you're invited, you want to contribute. And food is such a, a strong tie to where you're from. I always feel that, you know, half of the podcast episodes with these people, are t- we're talking about their food and their recipes and the food that they miss <laughs> from home. It's just such a, a nostalgic part of, of your country and where you're from. So, yeah. Totally. Although they were <laughs> saying at the barbecue, many of them were saying we've never had a Canadian barbecue. Yeah. So that was new for them yeah that's cool and even just um I still will remember um there was a bunch of guys sitting in the hot tub chatting and and they called over to me and said you know just so you know Latino parties don't have an ending time and I'm like <laughs> oh great <laughs> well I'm going to bed so <laughs> see you in the morning <laughs> exactly so yeah they obviously enjoyed themselves so it was great. So great it was really good yeah and I mean going back to what we were saying about connections it is so so important I completely agree you know it's not going to feel like home until you have those people to confide in and laugh with and have these different you know meetups and events with and make memories with and your kids play together and it's really just that that human experience that we need in order to feel like we're home and to you know if you don't have that then you'll just look back at your old life and your old country and and yearn for those relationships that you're missing out on which is where homesickness comes from I think and then instead you should just probably think okay how can I replicate those relationships here and start meeting new people so events like that are fantastic and you know meetup.com was a life savior for me you can check that out and there's you know different meetups and activities to do to meet new people and utilize those Facebook groups that we were talking about and just really try and put yourself out there and um yeah completely agree it's so so important 100% yeah okay so let's talk about Manitoba for for those who don't know it is the province in between Ontario and Saskatchewan pretty much slap bang in the middle of Canada known for its polar bears I didn't even know this I did some research Obviously, then you've got your associated cold winters to go with said polar bears. <laughs> it's prairies and forests and mountains. So, yeah, tell us tell us more about Manitoba as a province and, and why you have, have chosen to live there. Well, I don't know that I actually chose Manitoba. We were born here. So oh. both my husband and I were born, me in Winnipeg, him on a um, just in Winnipeg, but lived just outside of Winnipeg on a farm. And so it was just one of those things we just never thought to leave. But it is a good place to live. We do love it. And yeah, the polar bears are north. And I'm I'm kind of embarrassed to say have not gone up to see them. I would love to. Wow. I know. What an experience. For oh. sure. And then the northern lights up there are supposed to be amazing as well. So definitely on the hit list. But sometimes because of our cold winters, the warmer travel kind of just seems to take the priority. <laughs> <laughs> going to go down south uh, exactly <laughs> southern countries thank you so much yeah. exactly so yeah manitoba um we have lots of pros we have a good quality of life here um our economy in winnipeg um is growing so tech companies and startups are really starting to um, come here because it's just a a cheaper place to get started manufacturing agribusiness mm-hmm. um yeah there's a lot of jobs to be had in winnipeg we have a lower cost of living compared to 
the very popular Ontario and BC. That's for sure, yes. So in pretty much almost every category and actually household expenses and uh, cost of housing is definitely the biggest chunk and that's such a big part of your monthly fees that you need to pay. So that's important. Um, cultural diversity, um, Manitoba and Canada as a whole, I would say is very cultural diver- culturally diverse, but definitely here as well. As you mentioned, we're a prairie province, but uh, we definitely have four seasons. Winter is longer <laughs> than um, spring, summer, and fall, but the four seasons is really beautiful. And we don't have the mountains, but we do have, you know, there are places with rolling hills. But if you can just imagine, so like the best vision of the prairie province is um, a field of canola. So canola is a, a crop that we grow here. And when it's ripe and ready to be harvested, it has like a very yellow, or actually just before harvest, it has a very yellow, it's just like a flowing flood of a yellow ocean. And that against the blue sky is just like wow. the most beautiful picture ever. So driving in the wow. in the harvest season is beautiful here. Uh, like you said, we're in the center of the country, so it's pretty easy to go east or west. So that's convenient. I didn't even think about that. That's amazing. Yeah, because I always think, oh, I'd love to move to BC, but that's so far from England. But now, yeah, in the center, it's great. You could go to BC, you could go to Ontario, you can hop back over to Europe if you're from there. That's cool. For sure. Never thought about and that if way. you wanted to get <laughs> to the mountains, so in about, you know, 14, 16 hour drive, you could be, you know, skiing in Banff and that's pretty, mm. pretty fun too. If that's not in our province, but there are mountains close by. Um, like I mentioned before, we have lots of sunshine year round, um, which is lovely. Uh, Manitoba is home to 83 provincial parks and two national parks. So we love our beaches and camping and hiking and biking and um, fishing, boating. All of those things are just um, a big part of what people do here, especially in the summer, cottage life and everything. Yes. That's huge for me because, yeah, in England, well, this was my experience. You can go to the pubs and go for nice lunches, but the nature side of things, you'd have to kind of pre-plan that and do a kind of a big road trip to go somewhere in England and make it a thing. Whereas I've ne- I'd never experienced in my life just a very casual, constant outdoor adventures. <laughs> like every single day, you could just like hop on, you know, go in the car and go to this lake or go on the boat or go fishing. Yeah, I've, I just love the lifestyle here for sure. Yeah very outdoor focused and then for families right that's just so so incredible for sure yeah I grew up going camping and it was definitely a highlight I'm so jealous I say that to my nieces and nephews now Canadian nieces and nephews I'm saying you know you do realize how lucky you are like they're just tubing on the lake and like like are you crazy like I'm done you're so lucky (laughs) just unheard of in England for sure like I go to like a zoo once you know (laughs) every now and then (laughs) sometimes we don't know it though (laughs) but while Manitoba is awesome there are probably some cons I want to try to keep it balanced and show you both sides so Mm -hmm. but I really believe that the cons that um we have can be managed. So I don't think they're actually that bad. So we mentioned the cold winters. So we do have cold winters. And because it's cold for safety and driving, we have to throw some salt and sand on the roads and that gets messy. But um, if you choose to live here and you embrace it and you get yourself some warm clothes and decide that you're going to like a couple winter sports, it's pretty good. So it's a con, but it's not really so bad. Yeah, I have a funny story about Winnipeg. So I went to Winnipeg for one of my boat shows that I was working when I worked for Boat Smart. And I remember checking into the Airbnb and I had a hire car and I parked in the allocated spot for my Airbnb. And I was looking around and I was just looking at all the cars. They were all plugged in. And I thought, what? 
is everyone in Manitoba drive electric cars? That's so green. That's so amazing of them. They really care about the environment. That's so cool. And then I remember phoning Isaac, my fiance, and being like, yeah, they, all the cars are electric in Winnipeg. And he was like, no, Kate, it gets so cold there that you have to plug your car in overnight because otherwise your battery will die and you won't be able to start it in the morning. I was like, oh, <laughs> okay, that makes sense. <laughs> that's how cold it gets. I'm just painting a picture. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, that's funny. Um, talking more about transportation, that's the other one downside. So I'd say public transportation in Winnipeg is not up to par as some of the other Canadian big cities but again, while that's a con, if if you know that you need to take the, the bus, then you just need to make sure that you rent a home or apartment that's on a line where there's a very, you know, a transit line that runs through often. So mm. it's possible to fix that one. Pre-research. Totally. Yeah. And um, a lot of people will, will have vehicles in the city. And the good side is um, it's within half an hour a year across the city. So we never really have crazy rush hour. So it's mm. it's a pretty small small city to get across if you need to. That's really nice. That's really good to know. Yeah. Because coming from busy cities where you don't have to drive necessarily because the public transport's so good, but then that's just the flip side where, well, you can drive and it's not very busy. So you kind of have the freedom to go door to door. So that's a positive too. You can spin everything. Exactly. Exactly. That's great. So what about Winnipeg specifically? So the province's capital, um, we spoke about Manitoba and the general pros and cons, which is great. Um, so I'd love to just hear more about, about the capital. You live there. So, so what does the capital have to offer, especially Perfect. for newcomers? Yeah, for sure. So Winnipeg and kind of our surrounding communities, we're call- kind of getting that urban sprawl. So we're a population of just under 800,000, very multicultural. There's um, over a hundred languages spoken. Um, in the city. Mm-hmm. We have lots of um, parks and nature centers. And one of my favorites, we have a park called Assiniboine Park. It's actually been designed by the same architect as Central Park in New York City. So it's just beautiful flower gardens, actually English flower gardens you might like. Mm. Um, <laughs> the zoo, uh, sculpture gardens, there's live theater there, um, nature playground. Um, and there's a new installation going in there, which I thought was kind of cool for this podcast because it's all about um, the cultures that Canada has. So it's called The Leaf, and their vision is that it's a garden of Canadian cultures living in harmony and thriving together. Aww. It's supposed to be a stunning showcase of diversity expressed through plants that shape our lives and across the globe. So they have... Um, the, it's not actually completed yet. Just the outdoor gardens are ready, but inside they're going to have like different biomes with trees and plants from different regions and butterfly gardens and yeah the biggest waterfall in Canada apparently oh my goodness (laughs) so (laughs) all these claims to fame so yeah it's a beautiful park and we do have a lot of people who move here um, are always quick to say make sure there's a park nearby but there really are parks everywhere Mm -hmm. so that's a favorite thing uh attractions again um the Forks is one of our, our favorite meeting places. It's it's downtown, right where our two main rivers meet, hence the name The Forks, where the rivers fork. Um, it's just a meeting place of restaurants and markets and shops and concerts. Um, um, at The Forks, we also have in the winter, the river freezes and we have another claim to fame. So we have the Guinness record for the longest naturally frozen skating trail. So along the river, you can um, lace up your skates and they have um, up to 10 kilometers some year of um, a river trail and then architects build 
little warming huts that they place along the trail to either like play on. So or, cool. So I know. Canadian. Wow. It is. <laughs> <laughs> I remember being in Winnipeg now. You're kind of bringing out some core memories of, of mine. Yeah. I remember looking out the window and I have a video somewhere. I need to find it where it was like this businessman with a briefcase, just like skating, <laughs> skating to work. <laughs> and I thought that was so Canadian. I was losing my mind. I was like, that is so funny that he's literally just like got his skates on and his briefcase, like just going to the office. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's true. If it spans those 10 kilometers, there are uh, like, you know, people from their homes will just skate on their or throw on their skates and down the riverbank <laughs> and they're good to go. So that's so awesome. Yeah. Again, at the Forks, we have the Canadian Muse- Museum for Human Rights, which is amazing. Um, galleries and spas. Um, most cities have them, but we also, we also do. Mm-hmm. Um, lots of arts and culture. So the Royal Manitoba Theatre Centre, the Royal Winnipeg Ballet, there's opera, symphony, art galleries. Um, lots so and lots. Lots for that. And you mentioned before our sports. So professional sports is a big part of the city. Hockey, football, soccer, baseball. And then um, there's lots of minor leagues as well and university leagues. Wow. So you'll always find something to do, basically. <laughs> totally. And actually, on that note, um, festivals. So Winnipeg is known to have festivals all year round. There's always something going on. Um, so a couple popular ones. We do Folklorama in the su- summer. Um, and so it's two weeks. There's pavilions of all the different countries, probably 40 or 50 countries represented. And people just, they buy tickets and you go see the cultural, like the dance, the food, um, and the shows go all night long. And then you can go to the next one. So you can kind of pavilion jump to all the different countries. <laughs> There's Festival de Voyageurs celebrating our French Canadian heritage. And then, yeah, like other um, cities as well, folk festivals and uh, fringe festivals and Mm. it's one of those places where well everywhere in Canada is the same where it just comes alive in the summer months right because everyone's hunkered down for so long and then it's like okay festivals and museums and like different exhibits and let's go 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 and like summer is just a completely different country you know experience of a country so the one thing I do always say to people is if you come in the winter don't judge Canada straight away on that you know I landed in January and I was panicking like oh god everyone's so you know antisocial or they're not really (laughs) wanting to socialize with me or to go there's no events going on but it's sometimes that's just the winter and there is a lull and then the summers are just yeah they they come alive so sounds like totally the same yeah totally yeah no so lots to do yeah it really is a beautiful city with lots of things to do amazing so quickly then what's the temperature range let's just throw that out there because that's really important so what's the coldest you're probably looking at per year and then the hottest you're looking at per year (laughs) So in the summer, we'll get into the um, like 30 degree Celsius range, like wow. low 30s. Um, That's like paradise for an English person. I'm almost like hiding away at that point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So this last summer, we actually had probably one of our hottest uh, summers on record with, I don't know, I, I didn't check, but, you know, between some 30 to 40 days of over 30, which was, was quite a record for us. Um, lots of days, of course, of the 20s. Summer's beautiful. In the winter, um, the difference is we have our temperature and then we add the wind chill and that's kind of what gets you. So it might be minus 20 or minus 25, which is okay. But then once you add the wind chill and they tell you that it's going to get to minus, you know, 30 or 40, it gets kind of crazy. We don't have lots of days like that, but, um, 
there are some, (laughs) in which case, um, especially newcomers need to learn, right? You cover your skin from head to toe (laughs) so that you don't get (laughs) frostbite. (laughs) Yes, especially if you're going out for long periods of time, if you're waiting for the bus or anything. Yeah, that's so important. For sure. Yeah, the wind chill is something I'd never experienced before. So I I didn't really understand what that was. And yeah, you quickly realize that you have to pay attention to, to that wind chill forecast. So... But then you get a little, you get used to it. So the other day, my daughter and I went for a walk and it was minus 23, but no wind chill. And we're like, oh, it's pretty good today. Yeah. (laughs) So (laughs) you get used to it. I saw this TikTok of this English guy and he was like, you know, you've been in Canada too long when it's minus five out and you're like, hey, you want to go for a coffee? It's warm. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So you do get used to it for sure. And then once it's that cold and it's, you know, minus 15, minus 20, minus 25, like it's all the same to me. Like it's freezing, it's cold and I wrap up and I go out. So Yeah. yeah, I try and explain that to my parents too, where they just can't fathom that temperature. And I'm like, well, it doesn't really feel different. It's just all cold. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Amazing. Oh, well, let's hear more about Prairie Relocations then. I really want to give out the information about what you do and what you offer for anyone who is pre-arrival or who may be interested in the services you offer. Um, I know that your expat experience in in Memphis that you mentioned before really, really ties into it as well because, you know, you really empathize with what we go through as newcomers because you've done it yourself. So maybe tell us a bit about that and then and then the business that you're in now. For sure. So in 2013, um, my family, so my husband and three kids, we moved to Memphis. um, And it was both the hardest thing we've ever done and then turned out to be the greatest thing we've ever done. So when we left Winnipeg, of course, we were um, excited, but sad, right? Crying, you're leaving family and friends. But then the the part that I love the most is when we found out we were going to come back to Winnipeg, we were crying because we were leaving friends. So um, (laughs) it was just as hard to come back as it was to leave, which Um, most people wouldn't guess, but yeah, we were there for two years and just really embraced learning new things and seeing new places. Um, just having that time of bonding with our family, which was really lovely. And then the connections we made, we really feel now like we have two homes. Um, we go back to Memphis often and have very dear friends there that we will, um, keep for life. So that transition for us and that experience, um, kind of sat with me and I, I really loved it. And I decided that as I wanted to build a business, I wasn't quite sure what direction to take. And I wanted to use that experience somehow. Um, so that's why I decided relocation services. So Prairie Relocation is just built on um, a couple things. So life experience and just yeah, knowing what families you're going through, because I was that trailing spouse following my husband for his job and um, trying to get myself settled and our kids settled and and then just the the joy of like planning, organizing, hospitality, researching are things that I love to do. So I put that together and Prairie Relocation just serves anybody wanting to make Winnipeg home. We are kind of like that soft landing. So while we take care of all the important things we talked about today, like housing and schooling and getting your local registrations done, we really just want to connect you to the city so that you're happy so that you um, just really love your new, your new place that you're living. So that's what we're all about. Wow. That's, it's just so valuable for sure. And, you know, you can look back and as someone who's been here five years to, to have that support that I had from Isaac, if I didn't have that, I can only imagine, you know, it really does just make such a difference to, to have contacts already there that, that are experts and they, they know the city and they know what, what to, to do and just take that one of the many stresses that you're going to go through off, off your plate. So. 
And you were lucky, right? You went to somewhere where someone was waiting for you. So most of my families that I've welcomed know no one in the city. So I'm their first friend. And so (laughs) after that, it's, it's great. After I get them settled, you know, months later, I might get pictures of them doing something fun in the city or Christmas pictures or. And that's, it just proves is you know, the biggest case study really is that you had that, those two families that connected through you and then they spent Christmas together. I think that's in itself just shows how powerful it is to, to be part of that, that community you've built. So yeah. Where, where can people go to, to learn more about it? The website, the Facebook? For sure. So yeah, website's probably the easiest. It kind of describes things well. So prairierelocation.com. Um, you can connect with me through the website. Um, or my email is diane at prairierelocation.com. We are on Facebook as well, on LinkedIn. So any of those channels, yeah, I'd love to hear from anyone who's thinking about either moving to Manitoba or elsewhere in Canada. Um, I have a lot of colleagues doing similar things in other provinces, so I could connect them that way. And what I've realized through this is that relocating is very similar no matter where you're going to land. Um, so I can, I'm happy to offer help and advice to people heading anywhere in the country. Fantastic. Well, thank you so, so much for your time today. It was as valuable as I anticipated. So thank Thank you. you. I really appreciate it. And I'm sure a lot of listeners will as well. So thank you. Thank you. And um, yeah, have a good day. My pleasure. You too, Kate. Thank you so, so much for listening. As always, it would mean the world to us if you could leave us a quick review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening from. And then if you're loving the show so far, recommend us to your friends. Spread word and help us grow this exciting community. Until next week. Bye.